0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to be covering the secrets of scheduling online. Now, I don't know if it's not even online, just the secrets of scheduling. Um, I'm not even sure if they're secrets necessarily, but I like the alliteration. So stick around because we're going to talk about scheduling, how it can help you and improve your productivity. And as usual, I'm giving the listeners a free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. What is going on, people? It is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist. We are back again with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. We are here, if you're watching on Facebook, we're here live in the podcast Detroit Northville Studios. With me today is Jamie. Jamie, hey. thanks for stopping in. Uh, oh my God, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for, well, yeah, doing what you do. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's awesome. So Jamie's in the booth and uh we're, we're doing a podcast, so it's a it's a good Friday evening. Let's say that. So let me tell you where you can find me. My website is motorcityhypnotist.com. On there you'll find the podcast page with all of my episodes going back. Um I, I think we're on like 34 today. So a lot of episodes to look back on. So take a look at that. We've we've had some a lot of stuff over the last uh four or five months. So take a look, find an episode, and jump in. Um, also on that page or on, on the website, you will find my shop page with all of my MP3 products, uh, uh, ebooks, other things that would be useful for you. So check that out as well. You can find me on social media, on Facebook and YouTube at Motor City Hypnotist, and also on Twitter and Instagram, Motor City Hypno. And if you would like to contribute to the show... Uh, you can find me on Patreon. Patreon is a creator site where people, creators uh, post their creations and um, fans of the show can contribute to help support the show financially. And if you do so, those of you who are watching live or can see it on Facebook, you can get free coffee mug and a, a t-shirt to go along with that. Again, a minimal contribution, but it does help me to run the show and bring you good content. So check that out. If you get a chance, And as usual, on every episode, I'm offering a free hypnosis guide. And as I've done the last few shows, and take a look for these uh, couple links, because I know the last podcast we talked about procrastination, and I I offered a, a link to the book called The End of Procrastination, How to Stop Postponing and Live a Fulfilled Life. A lot of the podcast from last time, what was taken from this, I, I really recommend this book and a lot of information was taken from it. Uh, I'm going to leave that link in the show notes as well. And also the free hypnosis for confident download that will be in the notes as well. So a lot of free stuff. Um, all you have to do is just check out the show notes, look for all the free links take a look at things and uh, yeah, find something you like and download it. And that would be fantastic for you. We, oh, before we get to winner of the week, which I was going to jump right ahead there, let me tell you our sponsorship. This episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast is brought to you by Banner Season. Online marketing is saturated and people rarely open their emails. Are you in sales or does your business market to customers? How do you connect with family, friends, and clients? Banner Season takes your marketing into the real world. By delivering kindness and thoughtfulness directly to your clients physically, imagine the excitement of your family, friends, and customers as they receive personalized cards and gifts in their mailboxes. Go to bannerseason.com forward slash fantastic and begin today to express kindness and make connections with others. Again, that's bannerseason.com forward slash fantastic. Uh, and that link will be in the show notes as well. If you want to look that up again, it's a great program for me. I kind of uh, set all my dates in there and they just kind of automatically happen throughout the year. And I don't have to think about it, which is perfect for me. <laughs> if I don't have to catch it and think about it and forget it. Uh, that's always good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I would do that. I, w- I would tend to forget. <laughs> So yeah, check that out. Uh, great program. And again, as always, I like to share with you that I, I'm an affiliate or connected with that uh, program. So it doesn't affect you. But um, just so you know, I do get some benefit if you go there and sign up and use that service. So I would appreciate it. It is time for our winner of the week. A winning is done. Yes. So I um we have a lot of winners of the week that deal with animals. And I know Jamie, you do your, your animal uh podcast. We do animal talk. Yeah, yeah animal absolutely. talk, yeah. And and I actually tuned in last time because I wanted to ask a question about my dog. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully we helped. Well, somewhat. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, oh, who, Who's the guy's name? Um I can't think Brian. Brian, yes. yeah. Because he said if he's eight years old. Habits are pretty instilled by that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So not so much. <laughs> so I, I'm sure we could work hard, but since it, it doesn't happen very often, long story short, people, I, I may have told this story uh, on a prior podcast, but uh, my my dog got a hold, whenever he gets a hold of a tissue or a paper towel, he turns into a total, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. He's never been aggressive. He's never I, I, with anyone, children, adults, anybody. But if he gets a paper towel or tissue, he'll hunker down and guard and growl. So I, oh. I tried to challenge him oh. and take it away, oh. and he bit me. Oh, yeah, which again never happened before. Um, so according to what Brian was saying, you know, it's not worth a fight at that point because if you're going to challenge him, you're going to lose. <laughs> <is> pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's gonna... pretty much what he said. I mean, <laughs> wait for him to give up on the Kleenex and throw it away, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not going to hurt him. So what's the big deal? So after that long tangent, let's get back to our, our story today, which is about pets. And ah. that's, that's how we got on that subject. So let me just read a little bit of the of the beginning of this article. Every day, Pat Smith's rescue dog, Brady, puts on a show for her. Uh, just a thought in my head. I wonder if she's a Patriots fan or, or a Tampa Bay fan now. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway. Before she gives him a meal, she says circles, and he dances around and around. Uh, Then the mixed-breed pup sits politely until she puts down his bowl and says, okay. So the story goes on. Uh, The owner, Pat Smith, is 71, and she's a resident in Grand Ledge, Michigan, which, of course, is in our state. Um, She's a retired middle school math teacher. And the whole point of this is that she's a senior citizen. And she has, she's been in this program where this adoption agency, Pets for the Elderly, will put out their rescue dogs to senior citizens, and they will pay for the services as far as veterinarian bills, food, wow. that they give them financial assistance with grants. Um, since its inception in 92, Pets for the Elderly has paid a portion of pet adoption fees for nearly 100,000 seniors age 60 and up. From more than fifty shelters in thirty four states, now the group is alerting shelters of a new option to help cover the cost of routine veterinary care, surgeries, pet food, grooming, and in-home visits in which shelter employees check in on senior citizens caring for adopted pets. Everybody's getting looked after, yeah, I mean, like they're they're taking they're covering the whole thing uh Susan kurowski executive executive director of pets for the elderly said she hopes more shelters will apply for grants to help keep pets in the homes of the seniors who love them. The goal is to have at least one participating shelter in all 50 states by the time the expanded program officially launches in January of 2021. She says that Pets for the Elderly was founded by the late Abram Katz to help seniors feel healthier and more connected through pets. Yeah. Abram Katz? Yeah, Yes. Avram Avram Cats Avram Cats Cats, was, cats was with the, a K probably and she founded a dog shelter <laughs> now, I, well, I shouldn't say that the story does mention dogs they could have other pets I don't know for sure they didn't mention any other pets that's but just, dogs that's just a big cat overlord so, yeah. <laughs> looking for an easy life for his, for, for all the kitty underlings <laughs> oh, like this in the background what the fuck yeah. is it with you yeah so cats founded uh, uh, pets for the elderly so I thought it was a great story. Just, you know, that is, that elderly is. people and and pets who need to be placed and they help with the cost. It's just all it's just a great thing overall. The the out the, the the senior citizens win, the pets win, and um it's good for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So that's why pets for the elderly is our winner of the week. How Winnie it is done? Yes, another animal story, but that's cool. It's a, it's a cool story. Uh, the link to that story I will leave in the show notes as well. You guys can read the whole thing. It, it really is a nice story. So back to it. Yep, back to it. So we were talking today, and I and I called the episode "The Secrets of Scheduling." And and although I even said in the beginning it's not really a secret, but uh, since I like the alliteration, I just use the s word. Uh, but we're going to talk about scheduling, and this fits into the last couple of podcasts we did regarding procrastination. Um, and you can look those up. They they were the last two episodes, uh, before this one. So the whole purpose of this, and this is going to sound very simplistic and very cliche, but if something's not scheduled, it probably is not going to get done. And, and I ask this, I ask this question of my clients a lot. Clients are feeling, overwhelmed they're feeling behind they're feeling like they're they have a million things to do and they feel like they're never getting ahead and and I asked them the question and you know why do you think you struggle with getting things accomplished why why do you think things are are it's like a treadmill and you're just never catching up um or are you just constantly feeling overwhelmed and and most of the time they say I, I just have too many things i I have too many things to do and I just can't get them all done. And when I ask the next question, I, I almost everyone will, ju- will just look at me. But I'm like, well, do you schedule your day? <laughs> and most of the time, they'll just look at me and be like, uh, no, not really. Why so serious? <laughs> so my point I'm making is that if, if, you, if you let your days take you, chances are you're not going to get a lot of things done. You're, you're a victim to circumstance. You're a victim to... Re- and and i i always call us the reaction uh reaction versus being proactive if you just react to situations throughout your day that's where it's going to take you that's what you're going to be focused on is putting out fires quote unquote um so so we're going to talk specifically about scheduling and and again and i know it sounds trite and cliché but i'm going to tell you how this can help you feel less anxious feel more in control have better confidence and just feel better physically even. So a lot of this information um, that I'm going to share and, and I always like to give credit when I pull some information from somewhere this is from zapier.com and, and there's some good information on there so some of this information is taken from them. So the whole point is that if you schedule your day and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna back up a little bit because I'm going to give you a scenario. when we were kids, most of us would think or believe. Oh man, it'd be great if I didn't have school. If I could just sit home every day and just do whatever I wanted. And then there be... was 2020. <laughs> yeah, and then there's 2020 and they got their wish. <laughs> I ain't listening to you no uh, more. Yeah, they did. No, but I did. I, I used to wish, oh man, that's like sick days. You're home, you right, throw on the headphones, right. you listen to the Elton John album over I, ab- and over. Absolutely. that's great. And, and and most of us would think every day like that would be great. And and I can tell you that. Yes, it might be great for a day or two, maybe even a week, or it, it could. And the time frame could be different for you. But eventually, without a schedule or without a purpose to your days, that th- you're 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 going to start regressing and having these feelings of, of of either boredom or lethargy or or just feeling unproductive. And that's just human nature. What we need to have something to focus on to accomplish. So the point the the reason I'm bringing that up is that most of us would think, well. You know, scheduling is kind of, I don't want to have a schedule because then it just kind of locks me in. It it makes me, it makes me obligated to do these things. I'm like, that's kind of the point. That's kind of the whole point. By scheduling something, you're locked into it. Just like as kids, by having to go to school every day, you're locked into that schedule. And and whether it, and I know most kids would would not agree with me, but without that structure, the kids are not going to do well with whatever they're doing. Well Jamie's a teacher. And, and, and he knows. and and they are not. <laughs> right. Yes. And and now just seeing what's going on now, how difficult it is for kids to be home and and try to learn online without that in person. Oh yeah. And it's and it's even has to do with environment. Sitting in your room, the same room that you play video games in or watch Netflix. It's hard to make that mental switch to say, okay, now I have to be serious and do school. Cuz that's not that's not the environment you do school in. Yeah, I know, I, Jamie's. Oh, yeah. Jamie's it's, it's, Jamie, you teach high school, right? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many because school starts at seven thirty. My, you know, we take attendance, so they got to turn their cameras on for attendance, and it's like half of them are like still in bed. Oh I'm yeah, like, yes. yeah. They just rolled over, flipped their camera on. <laughs> Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm sure it does. So so let's come back to the the point of having a purpose and a schedule, because this, this will enable you to feel like you're accomplishing something, whatever that is. To my clients who are feeling overwhelmed and anxious and stressed out and like they're on a treadmill, it's important that you be able to focus on accomplishing the things that are important to you. So I know there's numerous probably books and articles, probably hundreds of them, on how to schedule or having a perfect schedule. Now, this is all comes down to personal preference and every individual is different. You know, as I deal with clients every day, everybody's different. So we have to take different approaches depending on who you are and everybody's going to have different strengths and weaknesses regarding how they work on a schedule. But history in general has shown us that the most, most productive people, most productive and successful people have adhered to some sort of schedule. They've locked the schedule and they've been really quick. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've been successful because of it. So Winston Churchill is a great example. I've used him before. Um, I can't remember for what, but I'm sure it was a great example, but he had, he had a specific habit every night. He worked late into the night and then he broke up his, his day with whiskey and naps, which sounds, which sounds great. I try that too, (laughs) but I teach high school. (laughs) Can I try it really quick? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to try it really quick. But but, but even, even saying that, it's like, wow, he, he would just nap and drink whiskey during the day? He must have been, how'd he get anything done? But for him, he worked better late at night. That's where he worked. That's when he worked and got things done. So the point being, there's no one size fits all for anyone as far as is scheduling. But I do want to bring up, and, and and this this kind of can give you another example of what happens. Um, those of you who are married, those of you have partners, whatever it is, you've probably had this conversation a a million times. You get home after work, it's evening, maybe four 30 ish, five ish. Hey, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Well, I don't know. You pick. And then that person names three things and it's no, no, no. It doesn't matter. How about this? No, (laughs) no. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. How about this? Well, Well, no, you just pick. And then you pick it, and they're like, "No, I don't like that." Yeah. What <laughs> the, the fuck <laughs> are you doing? I know, and that's what you feel like sometimes because this is just roundabout. And I'm not kidding. A lot of times, this this might not happen in rapid fire succession, but you look at your watch, and it's half hour, forty five minutes later, and you still haven't eaten yet. And now now you're really hungry, and and that's just a simple thing of saying, if what what if Dinner was already scheduled. You already knew. You didn't have to ask or have a discussion about it. You already knew what it was going to be. And I and I don't care if it's, I mean, I would say I would want it to be something healthy. But, but even if you say, okay, Thursday night dinner is at 630 and we're just going to get McDonald's. What If it was planned, you wouldn't have to think about it. You would just say, oh, that's what we're doing. And it avoids this whole back and forth. So So as I get into this more and more, you can see how this can pan out in other areas as far as, as taking that mental strain off of yourself of having to think about it. So I'm just going to list a, f- a few famous people who stuck to very rigid schedules, and, and that's how they worked. Uh, John Milton, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Immanuel Kant, Kurt Vonnegut, Maya Angelou, Beethoven, Mozart, Charles Darwin, Charles Dickens, Thomas Mann, Tchaikovsky, Franz Kafka, Picasso, all of all of those people's all of those people stuck to very regimented schedules, and that's how they got things done. That's how they became successful, and they were very important. I'm very important. <laughs> uh, I have many leather bound books. <laughs> so let's talk about what, how how you can how you can put this into effect, and, and how this might work for you. So I go back to the dinner thing. Imagine that you had, and, and I'll go back to this, and, and I'll connect this with the school. When you went to school, you never had to worry about what you were going to eat. There, there's a menu, and you get your menu at the beginning of the week, and you know every day what's for lunch. And, you know, you know, I, I remember Friday was pizza day, I think, because well, I always look forward to Friday. <laughs> uh, so, so, but you already know, you already know at the beginning of the week, every day what you're going to have for lunch. Think about doing that at home just like you would at school when you were a kid. So every night for a week, the dinners are scheduled. Maybe even you post it so it's on the refrigerator so everybody can see it, so there are no questions. Think of how much time that would save you because now, if you know what your menu is, this this and see how this connects to a lot of other things. If you know what you're eating for the week, then prior to that week, you know exactly what you need to shop for as far as a shopping list and what you need to get. Then you also know what times you're gonna schedule these dinners based on, on on your home schedule. Say, say one night you have your kids have a, a soccer game or or school activities. This is all planned out ahead of time. So those nights you can plan around those activities, knowing exactly when you're gonna eat instead of doing it on the fly and trying to I got really make it up as you go. And that that's much more stressful. So I'm gonna tell you certain ways to schedule your time. And these and again, these are all different different ways to do it, but we're going to find the one that works for you. So the first one is called the time blocking method. Time blocking it simply means planning out your day in advance and de- dedicating specific hours for your tasks. So that would be like, okay, from, you know, 9 to 11, I'm I'm at work and I'm working and that that's when my work things are going on. And then from 11 to noon, that's when I'm going to eat lunch. And then from noon to five, that's when I work. And then from five to 5.30, I drive home. 5.30 to six is just a time to sit around. And So, so you you block out your day in blocks of time. And in those blocks of times, you do the things you're supposed to be doing then. Now, that, that's a very general way to do it because you can say, yes, I'm at work from nine to, to whatever, nine to five, if you have a nine to five job or whenever your work schedule is. But you could take this even further and say at work, what are your responsibilities during that time? So you can break these blocks down into much smaller segments as well. So you just you just block out the time. And it's important to have time for to be proactive. For example, let's say you're at work and, and you have specific times to say from 9 a.m. when I get to work at 9 a.m. for for the first hour, I'm gonna answer emails. And that's locked into your into your schedule. That's what you do when you get there. And that's the same thing every day. Now, say that something else comes up that has to be done. You have to be ready to have what we call reactive blocks that, that sometimes things come up that you have to take care of right then. It can't wait. Emergencies. And I'm, I'm not saying like life threatening emergencies, but things that have to be done. So, so you want to make sure that you have, that you have allowed some time to kind of cushion that in case that time gets interrupted, that you can make it up. So it's like uh, you know, interruption. Well, I mean, think think about kids at home. How many times are they interrupted during the day <laughs> when they're online? I mean, oh, it's, it's gotta it's gotta be constant. Uh so, so setting up those blocks of time and then having those cushions for those reactive blocks that you have to take care of things. So forcing yourself to lock yourself into that, you you kind of know what to expect every day. You know what your schedule is gonna be. There's a product t- productivity guru, his name is Cal Newport, and he swears by the time blocking method, stating, sometimes people ask why I bother with such a detailed level of planning. My answer is simple. It generates a massive amount of productivity. A 40-hour time-blocked work week, I estimate, produces the same amount of output as a 60-plus hour work week pursued without structure. So really, what he's saying is he can get more work done in 40 hours of structured work than he can 60 hours of unstructured. It just kind wow. of kind of makes sense. It does. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're focused on what you're doing and sticking to that schedule, you know, um, the second method is the most important task method, and we've probably we've probably heard this in in, in so many words. The, the, the most important task method is just taking on the most important thing that you have to do first. Now, I know some of us, as we address in the procrastination episodes, some of us like, like to put off the, the, the hard thing or the most important thing, because sometimes it's a little bit more involved. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, it, it's a little bit more effort involved in the most important thing. So we tend to push that off and do the easier things first. However, the most important task method is that you just, you know that it has to be done, get it done first. So that's that, that mentally it's off of your list. It's, it's just cleared up. So what you should do is, is rank your tasks by order of importance. They're scheduled the first thing in your day, and then you work in the most important to the least important. That way, if things don't get done it's not something that's important. It's something that you need to get done. Uh, James Clear is another author that I follow. If you do the most important thing first each day, then you'll always get something important done. I don't know about you, but this is a big deal for me. There are many days I wasted hours crossing off the fourth, fifth, or sixth most important tasks on my to-do list and never got around to doing the most important thing. So the most important thing to, the most important thing method. The third method is the what we call the Pomodoro method. This one is, is kind of it it's it's a little odd because I don't I don't think people think of it because I don't think I've ever heard a term for it, but it's working in short, massively product productive bursts. So and then giving yourself a break. So say that. You set a timer for 25 minutes and you work just just you work hard for 25 minutes until the timer goes off. Then you take a five minute break. Then you reset the timer and do it again. And then you can make these these sessions, as they call them, as long or as short as you want. But but again, we want to put some time into the working part of it so that you get the things done. So this technique allows you to accomplish a lot over the course of a day, but still have these breaks in between to just kind of mentally take a break or physically rest so see short contained bursts of work with short breaks in between and some people swear by it uh, a guy named Paul Clipp who is a president of Lunar Logic says you might think a person could do 16 of these cycles a day i'm lucky to get more than 2 in a day without interruptions but in those 50 minutes i get more done than i do in any other 7 hours of my work day at least in terms of advancing the most important aspects of my projects. So again, th- that, that's another way to do it. And the fourth one that we're going to look at is the 90-minute focus sessions. So this one is based on the whole concept that our bodies have what we call ultradian rhythms. And when I say ultradian, it's L- U-L-T-R-A-D-I-A-N, U-L-T-R-A-D-I-A-N. rhythms. And it cycles where we're it cycles between being really energized and being tired. And this happens many times throughout the day. So the idea here is that you work for 90 minutes, rest for 20 work for 90 rest for 20. And and the the basis behind this, this approach it's thought is that you're taking advantage of when your body is energized and your mind is focused and it's in, in, Again, based on what the research says, it's the natural rhythms of your body. So most people try to work consistently all day. And then typically, and and, and for those of you who work a nine to five, you should get that crash about two or two 30. It's like, you know, um, it's just like all of a sudden you're just exhausted and you're just crashing. So what do you do? You turn to either like energy drinks, coffee to try to push you through. Coffee makes me a mite nervous when I drink it. Mm. <laughs> yes, it does. So, working in these ninety-minute bursts and then just taking breaks in between again allows you to maximize your your production when your body and your mind are in the most um, uh, positive state. That's the big thing about that one. So, these are the these are like the the four ways, and there there, there are many other ways, but these are the four I wanted to focus on as far as. If you if you if schedule and if you put this into place and you follow that schedule, your your stress level is going to be drastically reduced. Your stress level is going to be reduced. You're going to feel like you're accomplishing something. Uh, you're going to have less anxiety because you don't feel like you're constantly running in circles and not getting anything done. And it comes down to just organizing and making that schedule and then following it. And and it it really it it it's amazing because if you can do this, you're taking the pressure off of yourself. You go from trying to put out fires everywhere to just following your schedule. You can just look at it, a piece of paper and say, okay, this is what I'm doing now. I don't have to think about it. I just do it and then move on to the next thing. And structuring it that way, I, I, I'm, I never say, I always, I'm always careful with saying guarantee, but, but I, I do assure you that if you structure and schedule your time, you're going to be able to get things done more effectively and with less stress. So our next episode, we're actually gonna—I'm actually gonna take you through an actual hypnosis session online or during the podcast. Now, I will say, I'll put the disclaimer now and then. Next episode, don't listen to it while you're driving. Don't Do it while you're listen driving. while you're driving, or if you need to be alert, or, or be, or if you're at work somewhere, uh, that probably isn't a good thing. But, you just love your whole you fork forklift that. driver demographic. Yeah, forklift drivers <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't listen while you're on a forklift or driving a vehicle, or operating a train, you know, anything like that. But we'll talk about that on next episode. So next episode, we're just going to, again, I'm going to show you what a live hypnosis session is like and walk you through it. In the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. I will see you next time.